0: Good morning, Cornerstone Church. It is so good to be with you again on this Lord's Day. As I was reflecting and thinking this week after Easter Sunday last week and talking about our perspective and thinking about this just unique time that we all are in, I felt the Lord really pressing on me to to talk this morning and to focus on His blessings on what it means to be blessed by him and what it means to have his blessing. In particular, what what does it look like to, to have a blessing and be blessed here in the midst of this coronavirus and these times that are so foreign and so different? And for some of us, as we think about our life right now, it's hard to think about blessing. It's hard to think about God's blessing in this and his word to us in these times. But I also think there's some incredible richness and goodness and encouragement for us in this way. And so this morning, what I'd like to do is I asked a couple from our church to do the reading of Scripture. We're trying our hardest to, to, st- to stay connected and to see different faces. And so I asked Eddie and Jackie to do the, uh, the reading of Scripture today. We're going to be looking at what I be- what is my most favorite blessing in the Bible. A blessing from Numbers chapter 6, verses 22 through 27. So as we read this blessing, would you please stand with us for the reading of Scripture? And then after the reading of Scripture, we'll cut back to me and I will just declare this is the word of the Lord. And I invite you to respond back. Thanks be to God uh, verbally and maybe even through your keyboard as just a sign and a declaration that what we're about to read is God's word for us. Please stand. For the reading of Scripture. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, Thus you shall bless the people of Israel. You shall say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So shall they put my name upon the people of Israel, and I will bless them. Number 6, 22 through 27. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? God, I just pray right now in this moment for everyone that is interacting and watching this, Lord, that your blessing would be felt and known received, and spoken today. Nothing more, nothing less. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. So as I alluded to today, I want to focus on this idea of blessing. I just don't think in our day and age and in the West, we truly understand what it means to proclaim and to speak blessing especially as Christians biblical blessing. You know, we think of hashtag blessed or we think oftentimes of blessing connecting to the things that we have, right? I I, I got a I got a, a raise at my or a promotion at work and I, I I'm blessed. I have these children, I'm, I'm blessed. I, I have these things, I am blessed. Or, or, you know, my grandma, she would always say, whenever I would share some stories or I would humor her, she would say, bless your heart. Or when somebody sneezed, we say, bless you. And I don't know that those are horrible ways of using the word blessing, but I do think if you go to other cultures and other places, they have a much better understanding of what it means to proclaim and speak blessing over people. To literally say things like, peace be with you and also with you. To, To say spiritual realities to people. And in this passage that we're looking at, we see this moment where Aaron, the great high priest of Israel, is proclaiming a blessing, not from him, but a reality from the Lord over God's children. As I've been learning about this and thinking about what this means for us, is there's three ways that we can articulate this to help us understand what this blessing means first, We see in verse 24, the Lord bless you and keep you. Not only is there this idea of God's blessing, his pursuit and love of his people, going after them and pouring in to them, but there's also this keeping. The Hebrew there is like he's protecting them. And what I want us to understand, another way of saying this that might help us to truly understand here is that the Lord is for you. He's speaking this blessing over the people. They're saying the Lord is for you no matter what. No matter what, he is for you. Think of a parent and his children, her children. About how there's this unconditional love and commitment and relationship where there is this dear fondness and protection of your children. And here... As, Moses is, as Aaron is proclaiming this blessing, the people are hearing that the Lord is for you. And I think sometimes we see this and we get a little uncomfortable because we know that people have taken this idea of blessing and went to this prosperity gospel, which we know is not the gospel which we know is, is, is saying, well, if you love God, and, and he kind of more like Santa Claus, right? Where you do these things, and you earn these things, uh, and, and, and God will just pour out. He'll make you rich. He'll give you all these things. And that's not the gospel. But we take that, and we say, well, we know that's not the gospel. So instead of the prosperity gospel, we swing to this poverty gospel, where the Lord is not necessarily for you or active and present in your life. Even though we know there's passages like James that tell us every good and perfect gift is from above. And so recognizing that there's this important truth here, this middle ground in the gospel, that God is the Lord Yahweh personally is for you. Fighting for you, with you, protecting you. But not just for you, also he's with you. Look at this. And this is where it gets a little uncomfortable for the people as they're hearing this. It says, the Lord bless you and keep you. They get that. They remember the blessings of Abraham. They remember all this. But then he says, the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Now this would cause them to get a little uncomfortable. Because see, they would remember that the Lord's face meant his favor, but also his holy, powerful, majestic presence. And his light was so glorious and terrifying. They would remember that when Moses is in the presence of God on Mount Sinai or in the tabernacle, the Holy of Holies, his face would shine and it would become incredibly uncomfortable. And so, yes, the Lord is for you here no matter what, but he's also with you and he's shining And his light shining, hear this, his light shining is meant to be a little uncomfortable here. There's this uncomfortable grace here. You see, he's coming down to be with the people in this relationship. I remember a while back, I got the opportunity to be in the San Francisco Giants locker room. And I think maybe this is kind of the feeling that the people had about this. I remember I was so excited to be in the presence of Buster Posey and Brian Wilson and all these players and pretend like I was a reporter. I got press uh, passes. And my buddy Randy Zachary, and he got us in there. And I remember I was terrified pretty much, almost paralyzed by these heroes of baseball for me. To the point where I just felt like I didn't belong to the point where I felt totally overwhelmed that I imagine as the people are hearing this blessing on them, kind of like when I talked about being in a river and all of a sudden this blessing having this edge to it, having this danger to it, there's a danger in the presence of God. He is good, but he's not necessarily safe. But he's for you. And he's with you, shining. And this shining is a face-to-face shining. And it's grace, it's undeserved. But hear this, not only is it face-to-face undeserved, it's also a smiling. Look at what it says here. And I was, I, I was kind of confused before kind of digging into this of why it seems like, This blessing repeats itself. It says, the Lord make his face to shine upon you. And in the next verse it says, the Lord lift up his countenance towards you. I always thought, and sometimes when I've given this benediction, I've almost skipped over this because I felt like I was just repeating the same thing. But actually, the language here is even stronger. It's like, yes, his light is shining, but also his presence is smiling on you. People often think about God and a personal relationship with him and his holy presence and his majesty and transcendence. Uh, This idea of being in a relationship with him is uncomfortable and maybe we say, you know what, I know that God loves me but I'm not sure he likes me. You ever said that to your children? Maybe lately with quarantine and spending all day with them. Maybe there's moments when you say, I love you but I don't like you right now. And I think that that is a lie when it comes to the way that God thinks about his children. I think here we're hearing that he is turning his countenance toward you. He is smiling in the same way that, that parents love their children and cheer for their children and are smiling at, I think about my, my, my son Jude and, and his projects. Lately he's been writing these books, and I think they're the greatest books ever. They should win the Pulitzer Prize. They're wonderful they're beautiful illustrations and they're, and, and they're about our family. But anybody else who saw those books, they'd probably say that, that they're not Pulitzer Prize winning. But to me, they're some of the greatest books I've ever read because they're my son's. And I smile at what he does. And I imagine here as we think about this blessing and as Israel's thinking about this blessing, they're understanding that the Lord is for them. With this crazy love, it doesn't make sense, it's scandalous, it's pursuing them. He's with them with this uncomfortable grace and there's kind of this edge to it and it's, it's not very safe, but he's also smiling in there. There's this intimate fellowship and this is what sets apart Israel's relationship with God and Christianity with any other, relation, with any other religion. There's this re- relationship, this intimacy of God coming down and being with his people and being in this relationship with them, this fellowship with them. It's wonderful, it's delicious, it's glorious. But it's also important to remember here, in this time, as we're reading in Numbers there had to be a sacrifice to get to the benediction. Before Aaron would raise his hands and pronounce this blessing on the people, there was this Day of Atonement every year. And in this Day of Atonement, they would make these sacrifices of atoning for the people's curse, their sin. And this is why they were so uncomfortable about the light of Christ shining, the light of God shining on them. And there was this lingering curse that happened every year. And even as Aaron is raising his hands to bless the people, I imagine they're looking at his hands and remembering those same hands that had to perform the sacrifice that had just sprinkled the blood of the atonement for them. Pronouncing this blessing, a price had to be paid because they were meant to be in a relationship with a holy loving God who shines And I imagine every year there was this feeling of inadequacy in this process of this blessing being proclaimed, but this longing for it to be complete. This longing for there to be no more sacrifice. And fast forward to a guy named Zechariah, the high priest. And Zechariah is in the Holy of Holies doing the sacrifices, doing all the prayers, and preparing to leave. And an angel shows up and announces to him that the Messiah is coming. That the complete Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world is coming. And when Zechariah comes out on the Day of Atonement years later after the people have been doing this forever. It says that the Lord muted him. He wasn't even able to speak. And there's a whole bunch to that story of why he wasn't able to speak. But I think there's also a part of him not being able to proclaim that blessing because there was a new and greater and perfect blessing that was going to be proclaimed by the blessing, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And this is where we connect with this story. And this is where this becomes so beautiful because we know when Jesus came, he came proclaiming, preaching blessing. He said, blessed, bless those who curse you. What? Not only do we accept blessing, but we bless those who curse you. And then we know that when he died on the cross, that he became our curse. It tells us in Galatians 3.13 that he became our curse by being hung on a tree so that we could live. And this this beautiful piece, Charles Spurgeon, he, he writes about this or spoke about this in a sermon on this. He said, let not your hearts be troubled as though you were beneath the storm clouds of the curse. Know ye not that the curse is altogether turned away from us? For he was made a curse for us. The blessing, hear this, the blessing alone remains. And Jesus himself remains to repeat it. Because as we celebrated last week and we celebrate every week, Jesus is resurrected and he is living and active among us. And all that is left for those that put their faith in him is blessing. And as we think about this, remember in Luke, at the end of the account, the same account that had Zechariah not being able to proclaim the blessing, it ends with Jesus resurrected and it tells us in Luke chapter 24 verse 50 that as he was going up, he raised his hands and he blessed them. And he blesses you and me right now in the midst of this. And as you think about this blessing for you, I want to encourage you to think about those raised hands that are nail pierced. That have taken on the curse so that all that is left is blessing. This is the challenge. You see, Jesus speaks blessing over us with his nail-pierced hands. And the question is, what are you going to do with that blessing? The best thing you can do with that blessing is to open up your hands and receive it. In John chapter 1, we learn that John wrote about this idea of light. Remember how we talked about light being uncomfortable? About how the people were uncomfortable with this grace. They couldn't bear to look at the glory of God. And look at what John says. He says, when he talks about the coming of Jesus to our world, the coming of the Christ, it says, the true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. In verse 12, but to all who did receive him, Who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And he goes on and says, and we have seen his glory. We have seen his glory. The glory of the only Son from the Father. This is why in 2 Corinthians it tells us that we see his glory in the face of Christ. And the key to this is to receive, is to believe. And I just wanna encourage you as you think about this blessing and maybe you're recognizing there is an edge to the blessing. The truth of the matter is, when you receive, you can rest in this blessing, knowing that the Lord is for you and the Lord is with you no matter what. And he's shining on you and in you and smiling on you and in you. And all that you need to receive this blessing is to open up your hands, receive, and believe. And I just want to encourage you wherever you are. If you would like to do that, to follow the directions on the screen, to, to, if it's if asking for prayer or texting this number below or emailing me or tech, whatever it may be, reach out to our team and make this decision to receive. There is an edge to God's blessing, but it's also something we can rest in and know we are safe. Know that we, even though the waters get rough, even though at times it feels like we're going to get thrown out of the boat, we can know that we can rest in his finished work. And so I would just encourage you to receive that truth and to know as you receive that also there's, there's also not just about receiving it, but we're also called to be a people that give it that speak blessing over others. I love looking out and seeing this happen in our community, seeing people making masks for people, people bringing meals to the shut-ins and those that can't can't get food, people that are delivering groceries and essentials, people that are, 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 are helping with the drive-in meals or doing blood drives or, or whatever it may be. There's this something in us that we want to proclaim blessing and we want to, to, to share this love with the world. And, and as we do that, some of it is just a simple phone call. One of the things as a pastor that drives me crazy is the feeling so disconnected. But one of the things I love is as I've been talking to different people is I've been hearing from people calling other people and talking with other people and literally proclaiming these blessings to say, don't forget God is for us. Don't forget God is with us. He's smiling. And I just want to encourage you, wherever you are, as you receive the blessing also, to be sure that you are proclaiming and sharing that blessing. I've been reading this book about blessing. I'm super fascinated with this idea right now. And this author named Tina Bosch says this, when it comes to blessing, we are to be a river, not a reservoir of God's blessing. It's meant to flow through us and out of us. And it's liquid, it's ongoing. And this is what it means to experience God's blessing in these times. You know, in the beginning of this service, I asked Eddie and Jackie to read scripture. And I asked them particularly, not just because I'm trying to get different people from our church to do it, but also because this particular scripture is incredibly profound to them. If you guys know their story, you know that they had little baby Eddie who went to be with Jesus with only weeks of life. And there was something really hard about being in a hospital room and singing over this little baby. But also really beautiful about proclaiming, may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord is with you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. The Lord is for you. Shining. May the Lord turn his countenance towards you. The Lord is smiling. And as we think about all the different things, I picture eternity. And I picture the promises of eternity for those that love God that can cling to these things and proclaim even in dark places, even in hospital rooms, even in viruses, even in hopeless circumstances, we declare hope because we serve a God who has taken on the curse. And there's nothing left but blessing. And I just want to encourage you to receive it and give it. And maybe in these moments as you think about this, Pray through. How can I give this blessing? In a few moments, I'm going to ask, we're going to have our worship team sing this song called The Blessing Over You. And as they sing, I just want to encourage you. Maybe this time, I don't want you necessarily to sing it, but just to receive it to imagine these truths being proclaimed over you and as you receive it listen to the spirit of God and be ready to sing that same blessing over our children and our community and our world because to me friends brothers and sisters that's the only blessing we have to give so would you join us Remembering and receiving this blessing and committing to giving it back out.